0: In-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee, it's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to another edition of As I See It. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Talking to you live from Cool Springs I Care in Franklin, Tennessee, sitting with Cole Evans, my partner on the podcast. Our community relations director, marketing director, an all-around good guy, and I and
1: I put up the recording on-air sign, so I'm basically in signage as well. Absolutely,
0: yeah, well, that's there part of marketing. Isn't it? one right. of the, one go. of right. the channels that we use. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, for our listeners that don't know, you know, <laughs> it, when you would have a radio station, you would go by the radio station, you would see outside a huge red light that would say "on air." It got your attention. We have one of those wonderful signs right in the main corner, uh, which is where our studio is in Cool Springs. I care and. Every single patient that walks past, that has to check out of the building, that has to get out of here, has to walk past the studio. So we really like that.
0: Yeah, we like that because a lot of those people wave. Then they do, and they say hi, or yeah, you're they very stop, popular. and they're and they. I feel like kind of the gorilla at the zoo. You know, they like stand by the window and they're making they do. faces, and, they, and they're, yeah, they're,
1: they throw vegetables as weird.
0: <laughs> I don't throw anything back at them like gorillas do though. So. <laughs>
1: So a couple of uh, weeks ago, we talk about the intro to glaucoma. So before we dive into this episode, Dr. Jeff, what I want to do is I want to give our listeners just a little bit of a snippet from that conversation, okay? So here is uh, the episode on intro to glaucoma. So I I have uh, an iPhone, and I think like most phones today, it's all about what filter can I put on? How can I make it look fancy and get it on Instagram? And so for, for my iPhone, uh, people out there, there's a, a section, uh, a a section on the, um, on your photo app that is called portrait and portrait allows you to take a picture. I'm looking at Dr. Jeff in front of me right now, so I can take a picture of you and it really focuses on you and it fades out everything else around you. So you are the crystal clear image, but all the, all the stuff around the sides, uh, makes it
0: go away. It becomes superfluous. Yeah.
1: And and people on Instagram and, and most other places, that's a good looking image. Okay, Dr. Jeff. So now that our listeners have a little bit of a base understanding and definitely go back, listen to that previous episode on intro to glaucoma and get a base understanding of what we're even talking about. But in that episode to just, um, before we dive into what we're talking about today, which is glaucoma treatment, okay, how do we Mm -hmm. treat it? Um, Just to catch everyone up, glaucoma is uh, when I am losing the peripheral vision around uh, my my vision. Mm -hmm. And in some cases when it gets really bad, some cases there's a blotch of missing vision, right? in the middle
0: right that's that's exactly right as it progresses and the, the the good and the bad news about glaucoma because the name of the game is the optic nerve if we keep the optic nerve healthy you won't get glaucoma but if you start to lose some healthy tissue we'll lose little bits of side vision the good news with glaucoma is that the central vision what i look at straight ahead is a more protected part of the visual pathway Mm -hmm. therefore the the places that are affected more often are like you said around the periphery now sometimes they're very very small and you won't be able to see them. That's the bad side of glaucoma. It's the sneak thief in the night in that it's mm. usually non-symptomatic or what we call asymptomatic. People don't know that they have it. And, in fact, when I say, well, we're going to check your side vision just to make sure of this or that, they go, oh, look, and they hold their hands up and they go, I can see everything. Look, way over here. But that's not what we're talking about. We never want to get it to the point where you go, I can't see my fingers over there. Right. Um, it's a complicated disorder. It's not so much so that every single case is cut and dry easy. good news is most cases take a while to develop, but sometimes we see a very rapid progression, even though we're monitoring people regularly. So we really try to identify those patients that have some aspect, uh, whether it's a nerve that looks suspicious, uh, a family history, a race. You know, African-Americans are four to six times more likely to get glaucoma. High pressure, other factors that we may be measuring mm-hmm. that define one as a glaucoma suspect. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. In fact, most, most of those people will not get it. Right. But we never know who's going to convert. And as they're identified, we can follow them closer and try to make sure they don't get glaucoma. And if we do feel like we're progressing that way or we've started to tip the scale and have developed some glaucoma, then the real name of the game is how do we control it
1: okay so now we're at that point we have found out that uh it, it has it it has surpassed the point where we um should have noticed it but and we've got it right we've right. got glaucoma and so uh we need to talk about treatment options and so if i'm listening to this right now dr jeff and i have a loved one i have a grandparent uh mom and dad a friend family member you know i I joke a lot that, you know, we have opinions about everything when it comes to social media and everything that's in our feed. And we hear a lot of things now, whether it's connected to one of our 500 friends on one of our social channels or one of our friends, uh, where things uh, get mentioned that uh, we share. Uh, glaucoma is one of those things that people are talking about mm-hmm. and are, are, whether it's on the hereditary that we talked about an in intro to glaucoma, which is a very small amount of people, uh, or you're, you, or you just, uh, um, or you just got it yourself. The question is, is now how
0: do we treat it? And I understand there's a few options. That's exactly right. Um, you know, that's the fourth leading cause of blindness in America. So it is something that is very prevalent in the population. And the, and the real tough thing is, finding exactly when that point is that somebody transfers from a suspect Mm. to having it right and i will tell you that probably no doctor in the world ever gets that just right we want to be as close as we can because you can imagine if we said well let's just treat every single suspect the cost burden to the health population Mm. to the economy would be unattainable with with that, all right? Because there are a lot of people that have a few risk factors. The reality is almost nine out of 10 people that are glaucoma suspects, if you just took them as a huge population, are not going to develop glaucoma. We don't know the nine to 10% that will. And so we're watching factors. So when we're talking about this, we've either caught this glaucoma at a point before anybody has lost any vision. That's technically earlier than they truly have glaucoma but not so early that we're putting people unnecessarily on medicine. Got it. Or we've caught it just as it's tipped over, and now we have lost a little bit of side vision, nothing that they've noticed, hopefully, and we're trying to protect from losing anymore. Mm-hmm. All right? How do you find out that last second where you get it before it needs to be not too early to treat, treat it, but not too late so it has a head start? Boy, that's the real art and science of medicine, and nobody's perfect with that, Mm -hmm. but we really look really, really deeply into that. So the first things we're starting to look at when we decide you have glaucoma or have converted is what is the status of your optic nerve? How much potential damage have you had? And we measure that based upon your side vision test, what we call a visual field. The other thing is we're looking at the structure. And when we put all of these, a number of factors together, and we add into it, a component called eye pressure we say okay where's that eye pressure been and if we could lower the eye pressure that is a risk factor it doesn't mean you have glaucoma but that is a risk factor and it is a risk factor we can treat if we lower the eye pressure we know that that puts less stress on the optic nerve mm. where's the point that i could get the pressure down low enough that the nerve would discontinue changing in a bad way. It would just stabilize, if mm-hmm. you will. Okay. Because you know glaucoma is not something cold that we can cure. We can only hope to control it. And in most cases, we can, not in every case. And one of those ways that we can is by lowering the eye pressure, protecting the nerve, and continuing to monitor patient structure, their optic nerve, and the function of that optic nerve. And if we can get it to the point where we say, look, over this period of months, years, et cetera, we have lowered your eye pressure and you're not losing any more side vision due to glaucoma. Then we're successfully doing our job, but we got to do that for a long period of time, especially depending upon the age of, of the patient. So there are a number of ways that we can do that,
1: Doctor Jeff. When you have the when you have the the factor, the risk factors, and uh, pressures, one they've got an issue with their optic nerve, but they don't have glaucoma yet. But you, all the signs are pointing that direction. Are you looking at age amongst other factors? And here's my real question to get, we'll say Sally, to get Sally back in here more than once a year?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It may be as often as two to uh, maybe as often as every 2 months to every 3 months. Oh, it can or, progress
1: that quick one. Absolutely,
0: or wrong. even in the monitorization if we're really following things closely. I would say at a minimum no less than twice a year on patients that we're following as Glaucoma suspects. And certainly with glaucoma, unless it's stable, if it's been stable for a long period of time, we may go every six months. But most of those people, we're rechecking eye pressure, checking some testing about every four months. So it truly, I
1: mean, aside from uh, having absolutely no (laughs) medical background, it it even sounds uh, a little bit like a toss up, right? Because you've got uh, what's the line between a suspect and having glaucoma. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as they have glaucoma, what I'm hearing you say is it can progress pretty quickly after
0: that point it, it really can it's a you know we we liken it sometimes to to oh you know, it just tips over and now that boulder is rolling downhill on the other side of the mountain mm. and now we've got to slow it down stop it and push it back up uh, yeah well we really can't push it back up we can't regain what we have lost but we've got to hold it there and that's harder uh, at that sure. point yeah. so yeah um that's that's the that's the finesse, right. you know. This is one of those things that everybody can play armchair quarterback and look back and go, "Oh, look there! Should have would have, yeah, right. yeah. Should have would have. Right. If you'd have treated a little earlier, or if you'd done this." But re- and and you know, you can you can play that game and say, "Okay, well, if we had closed down the economy uh, when COVID started, the very first time any report came out of Wuhan, China, um, and everybody wore a mask and nobody went outside and blah blah, blah you know, I mean, there's that ultra conservative." Right. Really unrealistic view right. versus the well, maybe we did it too early. Still, we could have waited longer. And you know, right. everybody's going to have an opinion. That's right. the thing. An armchair quarterback, twenty, you know, everybody's twenty twenty when they when they look back on. Right. We try to look forward prospectively and say, what does the next few years look like? And so you're right, age is a factor. If I see somebody that two identical patients, somebody that's ninety eight and somebody that is forty eight, I'm much more concerned about the forty eight year old because I have a lot longer runway that I have to protect that vision for another 50 plus years. The 98 year old, I want to protect their vision for, let's say another 12 to 15 years, however long they're going to live. But it's, but it's uh, more achievable then. Okay. Okay. Because this is a slow process typically for things to progress.
1: Got it. So you've talked about one of the factors being an increased, um, um, eye pressure. Mm -hmm. So, um, is that immediately
0: surgery? no great question um you know sometimes in europe we've done studies before there are three main modalities i would say okay um the first would be eye drops okay the second would be laser the third would be some sort of surgical procedure okay Okay? and so the the great news about glaucoma is we have confirmed very definitely that lowering eye pressure in a certain population decreases risk Mm -hmm. that's good but not enough that we need to lower eye pressure and everybody that has high eye pressure. Because the reality is the majority of people with higher eye pressure than normal don't get glaucoma. Mm -hmm. So how do you know which one does and which one doesn't? Mm -hmm. There've been some fantastic studies and we rely on those a lot. All right. And one of those studies said, well, what if we do surgery first and just get the pressure really low because surgery does give us that opportunity. There's a lot, a lot of other side effects like you end up having to have cataract surgery after it and other things. And, and we in America don't typically say, hey, we're just going to do surgery and, and do this now. Sure. We kind of reserve that for later on versus starting with eye drops. Um, in America, we've kind of decided, you know, those are both pretty pretty effective if you just look at control of glaucoma patients. But the side effects of taking a younger person and, you know, giving them implants rather than, you know, letting their normal human lens develop a cataract much later in life and the time out of work and all, all those factors kind of play into it where most of the time now we use we use medicine which is in the form of an eyedrop okay. okay and so we're going to look in, in treating a patient with glaucoma we use our best professional judgment that says based upon what i see now where your eye pressure has trended over many visits mm-hmm. not that one high visit or that one low visit, but where the average trend is, what your nerve looks like, what we've measured then on structure and function, and all those factors going into an equation, we can say, I think we have the best opportunity to stabilize this if we lower your eye pressure to a, quote, goal level. Okay. So let's say that normal eye pressure is 12 to 22, mm-hmm. and somebody we've diagnosed that has glaucoma at, uh, and they, their average eye pressure is about 21, Okay. And so we say, you know what? We think you're about to develop some glaucoma, or you have you have some early development of glaucoma. We're going to lower your eye pressure. So we look at a percentage decrease. Maybe we say, let's we want to decrease this by 33 percent. Okay, and so we would take that 21 and say oh, 21, 33, 24, 26.3. Okay, I want to get your eye pressure under 15, and that becomes our new goal pressure. Okay, and so how are we going to do that? Well, let's say I want to uh, do that with eye drops. I'm going to put you on an eye drops. And, and now we're talking about plumbing, okay? okay? It's really interesting. Glaucoma is a fascinating disorder because we're really talking about um, fluid mechanics. We're talking about neurology and we're talking about vascular mechanics, okay? Mm. But let's talk about just the fluid. Imagine in a closed system like this bowl, the eye, right? Or, or ball, the tennis ball, the eye. Mm-hmm. We've got fluid that's produced inside the eye. And then fluid that drains out from inside the eye to outside the eye. Not your tears, but a different system altogether. And so basically you say, well, how could I lower the eye pressure? Well, I could slow the production. That's one way. Or number two, I could help the outflow, help it go out sooner. Okay. Or I could do both. And so most of our drops are aimed at one of those two. We may put you on a drop that says, well, you're not going to produce as much fluid. If it drains out at the same rate, then your eye pressure should go down. Okay. Or we may say, you know what? I'm not gonna touch the production, but I'm gonna increase the outflow so mm-hmm. the drain works more efficiently. Maybe that drain is less blocked or, or you know, crowded with other material, so I kind of open the pores in the drain, and so the same production, but now it drains out quicker. So guess what? In a closed system, the eye pressure goes down. So those are the majority. There are a couple of other mechanisms of how these drops work, but that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Dr. Jeff, am I taking this drop every day? Usually so, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, most people, most of the drops, and you know, early on uh, when I started in practice, the more common drops that we use, we use four times a day, mm. and they had a lot of side effects. Mm. Now I, I can't think of the last time I've had to use that drop at all. So we have newer drops. And our goals have been lower pressure more with less need to use a drop frequently with fewer side effects.
1: So when a patient's walking out in the situation where you have prescribed the drops, are they being told, put one drop in every few hours when you feel pressure? Or are you saying, let's start off at one, are you giving
0: them the parameters or when they feel pressure? That's a great question because this is a little bit like Blood pressure, okay, We know that I mean right now, I couldn't tell you exactly what my blood pressure is. I know about what it is because it's been measured a number of times. Mm-hmm. I think if my blood pressure shot super high, like maybe mine runs one one twenty five over over eighty two okay I, I, something tells me if my blood pressure went up to one ninety over one hundred. I would feel funny. I would feel off. Okay, Uh but not everybody does. And so eye pressure is much the same way Okay, in that there's a certain level you have to have before you'll even feel it. Usually in the mid 40s or above, certainly 50 and above. And what I tell you was normal. 12 to 22. Right. So your pressure has to be super high for you truly to feel that pressure. Okay. In fact, when most people say, oh, I have this aching or pressure in my eye, it's usually from sinuses around the eye Mm -hmm. or something else. It's usually not glaucoma.
1: You mentioned on the intro to glaucoma, the amount of people that have the, uh, I think you said it was smaller than 15% Mm -hmm. of people that have um, um, a dire pain.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very. Even smaller than that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. So most people don't have the pain. They can't tell that they're losing vision. They have to trust us. So you trust your doctor when they say, "Hey, I did your labs. Your cholesterol's high. I got to treat your cholesterol so that you uh, you have less risk of a heart attack or a stroke." You go, well, "Okay, right. I trust you." Or I'm going to treat your blood pressure. It's too high, and you go, "Well, I, I feel fine." Yeah, I know, but look, look. Here's the measurement. It's too right. high. That's the same thing we're doing with glaucoma. So we say you know, not everybody with high eye pressure is going to get glaucoma. In fact, the majority will not, but some will. Right. And in your case, because of this, plus these other factors, we need to lower your eye pressure. And I'm going to start you on a drop and we're going to shoot for this goal. If we can attain that goal with this drop, fantastic. So the typical drop that we will start people on is once a day in the evening and that's it in each eye. Okay.
1: Okay, so we're talking about setting goals. We're Mm -hmm. talking about glaucoma treatment. And to our listeners, before we get into you said there are three and we've talked Mm -hmm. about the drops that are going to decrease the pressure. Before we get into laser and surgery real quick, let's hear uh, hear a couple of uh, uh, words from our friends at Cool Springs Eye Care. Dr. Jeff, I don't know if you're going to know this guy's uh, voice or not, but let's let's see if you know who it is. Okay, Doctor Jeff. Did, I don't know. Did I don't know if the guy sounded familiar.
0: Uh, I'm not sure. He sounds very strange to me. Very strange. Yeah, Most yeah. people that go to
1: the Ohio State, they yes. have a little bit of a, uh, a dialect.
0: We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Hi, everyone. This is Doctor Jeff Kagaris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. So we are talking about glaucoma
1: treatment. We've talked about the drops. The second thing on under the goal setting uh, list here, Doctor Jeff, is you mentioned laser. So I have had LASIK surgery. Mm-hmm. I know what is LASIK surgery. Um, what that experience is for uh, our LASIK people out there, and for anyone between is are, are those surgeries alike? Am I going to have a 30 minute on the table, I'm done uh, experience. What is the difference of the glaucoma laser treatment versus, for those that have experienced LASIK? Um, again, what I'm trying to do is I'm painting a broad brush. Mm-hmm. I think when people listen and hear the word laser in uh, eye health, they immediately think LASIK, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to draw, what is the difference? If someone in, in the family has said, hey, I've had LASIK. If my mom has glaucoma and I go, hey, mom, it's just a, you should do a laser treatment. Am I going to be speaking way out of school about my experience or are they kind of the same? That's a,
0: man, that's a really, really I'm good on a roll question. here. We should, mean, should just keep going. You're, you're, you know, for once, I mean, I mean. No, no, t- today, today you're doing exactly, really well. Yeah, um, that. <laughs> you know, what's, what's cool about eye care is that over the last, 20, 30 years, we've really developed much of the laser work in body health. I mean, a tremendous number of those have been in and around the eyes. We use lasers to correct your vision, LASIK. We use lasers to correct your glaucoma or to treat your glaucoma. That's called a selective laser trabeculoplasty. That's a different laser, though. Mm -hmm. We use lasers after you have cataract surgery to clear up a little cobwebby capsule haze that's a different laser. It's called a YAG laser. Mm, okay. um, the laser on the front of the eye for LASIK is an eczema laser. Okay. Oh, and by the way, we make a flap. Before we do that eczema laser, that's with a femtosecond laser. Oh, and then your retinal specialists, because they like to, you know, I got to have something in their holster too. They have historically, before they started to, to become so proficient with injections to reduce new blood vessels, they used another type of argon laser, or even a Krypton laser in the past, different types of lasers to correct new blood vessels or swelling on the back of the retina. Okay. So we've had all of these are laser care, but they're different
1: type of procedures. So LASIK might be taking home the brand, if you will, for people yeah. to know them, you know, uh, um, uh, just uh, off the off the cuff, right? They yeah. can say yeah. that, but to your point, I think you just named
0: six right yeah, off the top. E- exactly. Of and then when we do cataract surgery, the vast majority of people will, will choose to have that procedure done in a laser-assisted, the entire procedure is not done with a laser. We don't take out cataracts with a laser, but we have some laser that is a more of a premium service that most people want that benefits them, mm-hmm. that does part of the procedure, makes it easier and, and less complication for the patient. So just one more laser. Right. And that's why it's very confusing. So let's get back to the basics on what we are trying to treat. We have identified you as a glaucoma patient, Cole. Mm-hmm. We know that your eye pressure has been somewhere on average over a number of visits. And now we say, what can we treat to help this? Well, we have decided- right, I have to interrupt and ask the yeah, question. Yeah. Am I,
1: you said one is drops, two mm-hmm. is laser, three is surgery. Is that also the consecutive effect those things have to go through? You're going to start with drops at a certain
0: prescribed level and then entertain laser and then entertain surgery? That's a great question. And I would say in general, that is the the consistent stepwise progression. However- If we compare doing a laser procedure, a glaucoma laser procedure to using eye drops, they're almost comparable in their effectiveness. Oh, wow. So I try to talk with each of my patients that say, look, if we're going to start you on treatment, we have these three options. There are two best first options. Mm -hmm. Start you with an eye drop that you may use once or twice a day in each eye or do a laser procedure. And the laser procedure we do once, Maybe twice in office, it takes about anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes in okay. the office, walk okay. in, walk out. And then it, it gives us round the clock lowering of the eye pressure. Some people like that because they don't want the hassle of having to put a drop in and pay for medicine at the pharmacy mm-hmm. all of the time. The vast majority of a laser procedure is covered under your general health insurance.
1: Because we, because I started off with my own LASIK experience, yeah. my LASIK is an elective. Is that correct? That is correct. So my insurance, no one's insurance pays for LASIK surgery.
0: That is correct. There. Okay. Yes, that's in general. That is absolutely correct. Okay. Glaucoma, elective or not? Uh, well, it could be elective if you if we choose to go that route, but it is covered under health insurance. That procedure would be a, a billable procedure under anyone's health insurance okay because one so is it's covered I'm tr- it's covered okay because i'm not yeah. really
1: losing anything by not having lasik i'm just bettering my vision that's exactly okay, right i am losing something in the moment by not having glaucoma that's treatment. right
0: insurance companies consider lasik a cosmetic procedure you're got doing it. something to improve your looks got it All right so clearly you know yours was somewhat effective somewhat it was still have a way to go it's A way to go <laughs> and
1: i think it's very interesting the the comparison uh of of uh, drawing to our audience because
0: again, hey, hey just just a second call is that paper in front of you um, a little harder to see than it used to be? Because I understand that last year, oh, I'm sorry, that you just crossed an important threshold. Is that right? Uh, I crossed a small threshold, uh, uh-huh.
1: Dr. Jeff. Uh-huh. I sp- Another
0: decade? I just I jumped a decade right decade earlier or later?
1: I just older? dove right into my uh, uh, 40s. I don't even care.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: 40. It's all downhill. It's all downhill. 40 <laughs> okay. is the new, what, 28 and a half. <laughs> we'll you see. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Jeff. This has everything
0: no to do problem. with I was Oklahoma. just noticing that you're uh, kind of stretching that, uh, holding that a little farther from your well, eyes. Well, the funny so part
1: you know. is to our audience, I was telling Dr. Jeff, because we have a episode coming up on floaters. And I was telling Dr. Jeff, you have heard us talk before about Optos technology and uh, having that as a digital image of the back of your eye versus being um, dilated. And I had my image taken this morning through some cross training with some other uh, team members and we captured an image of a floater on one of on, on my eye so between now you can imagine me not knowing what that looked like and this image pops up so they did the left eye it was fine as, yep. as, as Paige page said that is a beautiful eye that is a beautiful optic nerve and then i did the right eye yeah. and then this I, I was telling the lady in the back i said it looked like just a, like a earthworm or something laying across my eye and As someone who has no training, Uh as soon as I saw it, I was like, that doesn't look so healthy. (laughs) And she was like, no, it's either mucus on your eye or a (laughs) floater. And I was like, okay. So between us talking about glaucoma, me seeing a worm in my eye and uh, talking and and turning 40, and losing your focus. I I feel like I need some drops. I don't know. I I like hearing, uh, because I think it brings value to a majority of people because they don't know, drops sound uh, uh, cheap and laser sounds very expensive. Yeah, And you're saying that they're
0: comparable in treatment. You know, they they really are. The the head-to-head studies show that if we start with laser only, or if we start with drops only, or if we start with drops and follow it with laser, or start with laser and follow it with drops, Mm. they're almost equally effective. Nothing lasts forever. My rough uh, estimate for our patients are if we do this laser procedure, which is an in-office, okay, mm-hmm. think of your eye like a clock around the iris, mm-hmm. okay, the colored part, mm-hmm. um, 360 degrees clock hours, okay, all the way from 12 back up to 12 again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to treat half of the eye in the drain. Remember we talked about you could in, you could slow down production or increase outflow? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this, we're basically increasing outflow, okay? Okay. So, that's what we do. We do that procedure a couple minutes um, and and our surgeon does that laser. Shouldn't have any pain with that. All right. Little twinge, but you just put numbing drops in, you walk in and you walk out. We don't have to dilate your pupil. And, uh, and what that does is over a period of days to weeks, it's, we will see a lowering of the eye pressure in the majority of patients. How effective is that? About 80% effective over two years and about 50% effective over five years of attaining our goal.
1: And again, so when you, as soon as you say two years, I'm thinking the immediate word is you're watching the trend. That's exactly right. So I'm not waking up tomorrow with completely different eye pressure. No,
0: no, you shouldn't. And again, you're not going to be able to feel this. So we're going to, we're going to measure it. We may see you back in a week, measure that. And then we may see you back in about two months. Okay. Okay. So somewhere around that two month point, we say, have we achieved our goal? That's about long enough to say, are we about where we want to be? If you are, fantastic. We're going to continue to follow that on a serial or longer, a longer basis. But if we if we get that under our goal, then, then we're at that point where we're saying, okay, as long as your side vision and your structure are not changing for the worse, mm-hmm. then we set a good goal level and we're going to stay there. And and remember, we don't have to repeat the laser to do that at that point. It's going to last for a while until we start to see one of two things happen. Your eye pressure starts to drift higher and or you start to have some functional side vision or some structural, what we call the OCT, changes to your nerve. Mm. If we see anything that's deleterious that way, then we need to get the eye pressure lower or we need to retreat. Now, we can retreat. We can retreat. Let's say that we that we did the procedure from from uh, four o'clock to 10 o'clock. Well, the next time that you come in, if we need your eye eye pressure lower at that two-month visit or maybe we check it again, you know, another month later, three months after your initial laser and it's still a little higher, we can treat the other part from 10 o'clock down to four o'clock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so now we've treated 360 degrees instead of the 180 yeah. degrees at the beginning. And that can give us an extra benefit. Now we start the same process again. See you in a week. See you in two months. See if we've achieved our goal level, just like we do with eye drops. Okay. Start you on the drops. See how the side effects are. Hopefully they're minimal. Hopefully the drop is effective. We give you a little time in the real world. See if you're getting them in all the time. See if your body's responding well. And are we achieving a goal level that we set? And then if we are, are we still maintaining a healthy optic nerve and side vision and structure?
1: So we've mentioned uh, drops. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've mentioned laser. And what I heard you say, which has got me uh, posing another question is you said, and you come in and the surgeon does the laser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then third point is surgery. Yeah. So a surgeon is doing the laser here in the office. And then our third option is I'm guessing our last option, which is full blown surgery. That's sure. not happening here, correct?
0: Um, but no, the okay. decision for surgery is happening. Sure, sure, but, it, but it's not all. This isn't
1: in and out. This is. No, uh, this
0: is more. This is going to be more akin to what you experience in LASIK surgery. In fact, a little bit more like that. More like cataract surgery for somebody. Okay, uh, they're actually going to go to a surgery center. Uh, they're going to have a facility fee. You're going to have the professional fee for the surgeon, and there are different ways that we do this now. And historically, what we do is we make a a new drain. Um, so we cut a new drain or we use a laser, but in this case, let's say that we cut a new drain and we call this a trabeculectomy, a trabecular meshwork is the drain. Mm. So we're going to cut it. So that's a trabeculectomy. That's when we're cutting it and we're making a new drain. And what that does is that allows fluid to percolate from inside the eye to outside the eye through a small little bubble we call a bleb and that needs to be managed Surgery in and of itself um, is more refined. It's more vascular because we're not affecting the straight ahead vision. Your cornea, when you had LASIK surgery, mm-hmm. that's a non-vascular tissue, no blood. Okay, But the white part of the eye, and when we do that glaucoma surgery, we do have vascular tissue. So one of the things that goes along with vascular tissue is scarring. Mm. So we always need to watch that bleb to see if, one, is the bleb working is it Does it have the potential to um, to scar over or has it scarred over? Uh, because then it's not effective. And so now the good news with a trabeculectomy is it can get eye pressure very low, all right? Um, even 10 and below, 8, somewhere in that range. So if we really need to get a very, if we set our goal pressure at a very low level and we need, uh, we have advanced changes, that's typically when we say we, we need to We need to do whatever we can to get this pressure as low as we can. And that's when surgery typically comes in. So that's historically what's happened. That's a trabeculectomy. There are also some special little valves, if you will, Multino valves or these different type devices that are actually placed on the eye that take fluid from in the eye out of the eye and let it drain. Those are pretty heavy duty Surgical procedures, and they typically in America are reserved for more advanced cases of glaucoma or more complicated cases of glaucoma. There's a newer one, and I'm going to call it surgery because it is. Mm -hmm. But the way that this works is in in combination with cataract surgery, we put in the world's smallest straw, a little stent, okay? Okay. And it takes fluid from inside the eye. We put it in that drain, that trabeculum. And it allows fluid to go out of the eye more effectively. Right now, that procedure is really only done in conjunction with cataract surgery. And here's the ideal patient. The ideal patient is somebody that's a glaucoma patient, has mild glaucoma, using an eye drop once or twice a day, or maybe using a couple eye drops, um, has a cataract. So we're going to go in and our surgeon's going to take out the cataract. At the same time, they were going to put an implant lens in. But we're at the same time, we're going to put in this what's called a MIGS, okay? Um, and there are a whole lot of ways you can think about that. For But for our audience, let's just say a MIGS, M-I-G-S, is basically a small, small, little stint that's going to take fluid from inside the eye to outside the eye, which is what we it in a more effective way. Okay. And so you get done with your cataract surgery. You see better, just took the cataract out. You got an implant in there. Mm-hmm. It's doing better. And the stent is working to lower your eye pressure with the hope that maybe we can reduce your drops or in some cases, actually that stent works to lower the eye pressure to our goal level without you needing to use eye drops. So the ideal patient goes in and says, hey, I'm using an eye drop for glaucoma while you do my cataract surgery. Is that going to help my glaucoma? And the reality is in general, long-term studies, taking a cataract out will lower the eye pressure by a couple points. So it it in and of itself is helpful. Now we put in one of these MIGs and we lower the eye pressure a little bit more, and maybe we can get you off your drops and you are thrilled. You see better, your pressure is better controlled, and you're not having to go to the pharmacy and put in an eye drop all Mm -hmm. the time. How long is that MIG good for? Oh, that's a good question because they're relatively new, but we're going to leave it in there for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. So that's not one of those that we go in and we say, well, um, we're going to replace it now in a couple of years, put a new one in. And all this right? is in the back of my eye? No, it's actually right in front of the colored part of your eye, kind of the junction between the colored part and the white part of your eye. It's inside. Uh, so okay. it's uh, uh, so it's more towards what we call the anterior or the uh, – it's in the drain area. And so you know, it's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up and asked that question because when we talk about fluid being produced – Fluid starts to be produced behind the colored part of your eye, behind your iris. Mm. That fluid is produced, percolates around, comes through your pupil, right? That black hole in the middle, and then drains out in front of your iris. Between so, the fluid mechanics go from back to front like this. And so, in between the color
1: part and the pupil, the black part in the center of your eye, liquid uh, that, is coming out.
0: Yeah, liquid is. Yeah, yeah. The percolate. Uh, the fluid is percolating through there. And those aren't my tears. No, no, tears are on the outside of the eye total. That is very interesting. That's why I say the fluid mechanics are very, very fascinating with this. yeah.
1: So uh, I think last question, when you have – so we have a new patient in this example – um she's moved to the area she's of an elder age we take an optos mm-hmm. uh, are you seeing that migs
0: in the back of her eye from that image great question no not with the optos and what we'll do on that patient when we're looking at the optic nerve that's the back of the eye that's right back of the eye when, the when we're looking in, at the retina when looking at the optic nerve that's the back of the eye. So we're going to look at the optos we're going to look with our fundus lenses mm-hmm. so we get a 3d view whether with dilation or without dilation, a good 3D view so we know exactly the contour of that nerve. We're going to get the structure which sees a whole lot better than anything I can draw and look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have a really good assessment of that of that nerve. But if somebody says, oh, and by the way, I had cataract surgery and they put in this glaucoma stent. Well, the first thing I'm going to look at is I'm going to look above their eye on the white part to see if they have a bleb, if they actually had a trabeculectomy. Most of the time now, in the past, that was what they had. But most of the time now... What they had was they had a procedure where they had cataract surgery and a, and a glaucoma shunt put in, or a, a MIG, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll use, usually, um, I will use a, to see that best, I'll use a small little contact lens on the front of the eye that has a mirror on it that's called gonioscopy that allows me to see that in real detailed fashion. What am I measuring? I can see if it's in place I can see if it's where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really measuring is once again, where's your eye pressure? What's the status of your nerve? How is the nerve functioning? What's the structure of the nerve? All those things go into vegetable soup of, do I feel like you're stable? And we're going to continue this for for now. Now, let's say we took you off of a drop and we used the megs And for a while, whatever, pressure is pretty good. But now your pressure is starting to creep higher than we want it. We can put you back on an eye drop. We can go back and do laser Again, or okay. start a new laser. So, all of these procedures have the benefit of being able to be combined.
1: That's amazing. And uh, when you said you can come back and do the laser, uh, to your point, I mean, so when someone's getting the laser, and I apologize if you mentioned this yeah, no, earlier, but you're saying this, and I understand this, you can't paint a broad brush in saying this, but if you have the laser, that's probably going to hold for how long?
0: Well, I, I tell people about 80% effective to get whatever our goal is over two years and about 50% effective over five years. So it's not forever, but it can be repeated in the other part we didn't treat. And then the nice thing about this newer laser called a selective laser trabeculoplasty SLT is that it can be, we can treat in the exact same area we did treat before. So we can repeat the procedure in the future again to get more effectiveness. So we've got a lot of arrows in our quiver call to take care of glaucoma. It's a matter of kind of combining what is best to control the pressure, to control the health of the nerve for that patient, and what that patient feels for them. Right. You know, some people look at laser and they're like, oh man, anytime I can get a laser, that's what I want. Right. And other people think, oh my gosh, you're gonna fry something, you're yeah. gonna burn me. Yeah. And I, I'm right. really intimidated. Right. I don't want laser, I want an eye drop. You know? Right. It's just it's so it's very variable and and it's our job to know the difference between the effectiveness of each of the procedures.
1: So just like we started off the conversation, a couple of points here for our listeners. We're talking about glaucoma treatment. Uh, Definitely go back to the previous episodes and listen to uh, intro to glaucoma. You can see that right there in the title of the previous episode. So check that out. We talked about trends of eye pressure. That's a big deal because it's not just right now as it's measured. It's the trends over uh, a period of time, the status of the optic nerve to your point, uh, keeping the optic nerve healthy. You've said glaucoma is the fourth leading cause of blindness. That's a huge deal. Um, you've said, and, and this is, I think my huge takeaway from all this is, is it really comes back to the core of setting goals. Mm -hmm. You said there are three points in setting goals that you can take drops. In some cases, those are daily, uh, secondary would be a laser. And then third option would be surgery. And to your point in, um, in, in most cases, in your experience and in, in studies in both, uh, drops before laser or laser before drops, uh, they are pretty comparable in their outcome, uh, as far as what you're using to treat, Uh, on there. Guys, you're listening to, oh, and I definitely want to make sure uh, I mentioned two points. You mentioned cataract in here a a few times. We talked about it. We had a great, great uh, personal testimonial from one of our patients a few months ago that we were able to capture on video. Uh, it's actually your patient, Doctor Jeff, hmm. and uh, it was a I I did the video myself and uh, I sat in a room with this gentleman. I'm going to say he was 62 as a as a made up age young guy, uh, very young, very young, and um, uh, watched this man tear up as he was telling me that he didn't even realize until he had his cataract surgery. Um, that there was a light by his front door uh, that was the motion sensor for the room. He had never even seen it. Hmm. And um, it, it was just a really so anyway, go to YouTube, please search our channel, Cool Springs Eye Care. It's one of the videos in there uh, about cataract surgery. So but uh, please check that out. And obviously I couldn't close this episode without mentioning because any of our audience that heard it was like, what in the world did the man just say? Dr. Jeff did say the word deleterious. No one knows what it means. We will search. I'm going to start ending the episodes with the words that I know no the one knows. Word what, of the day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is You're listening to As I See It. Whether you're on Google Play or iTunes, we love all people, Android and Apple. So please subscribe to the podcast. That helps us reach so many more people. And as always, please leave us a comment. Dr. Jeff reads those every single week. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. Take care of your eyes. Thank you.